studio here in Kent, Washington. The call-in number is area code 563-999-3596. That's 563-999-3596. Call in with your comments. That's if you're live. If you're listening to this after the fact, well, I, I've got nothing for you. Just uh, go ahead and listen to what I what it is I have to say. I want to apologize in advance. Why? Because I had every intention of bringing you the Obama pay-for-play content. And I had it, well, I had it. And what had happened was when I started investigating, right, my show notes, that's what I do. It took me, I went down one rabbit. I started down one rabbit hole. But as I kept investigating, I went down a completely different rabbit hole. This is where this show's coming from. So, again, I had every intention of bringing you that Obama pay-for-play content, and I know a couple of you were excited and looking forward to it to see how, how deep this goes, but I think this show is every bit as important, it, if not more so, because I, had, I showed the Obama pay-for-play content for this. So what we're going to do is I'm going to, at some point in this show, I'm going to take you down the rabbit hole that I went down. And I'm going to show you that despite what the fake news media keeps saying about these judges being, quote, unquote, randomly appointed or whatever, I'm going to show you that this isn't as random as they're going to have you think, all right? So go ahead and crack out the show notes. They're on the show's wall. Um, Click through the links because I'll be going through them with you. And we're going to see, I'm going to show you exactly how deep this rabbit hole goes and the point where I had to say enough is enough. I'm, com- I'm coming out of this and I'm, going to, I'm just going to put it, put what I found out there uh, down to torpedoes full, full uh, steam ahead. This is what we're going to do today. But first, the U.S. women's team, right? And I don't do, I don't do a lot of content about women's soccer. I just don't. Um, but I find this kind of interesting. Because their exit in the first round of, well, they call it the round of 16. So their exit in the round of 16 in the World Cup uh, signifies something. Because what is it the the women's national team pushed for earlier? I think it was earlier this year, last year. They got together and said, hey, we need to be paid equally to the men. Why? Because we do as good a job as the men. Now, looking at this from a purely meritocratic, from a pure point of meritocracy, right? Let's say that, no, all things considered, we're going by standards of performance, where if I were, let's look at it economically. Now, if I were, if I had employed somebody, right? If I had employed two people, a man and a woman, and the man put out 
a certain amount of effort and the woman put out another, a different amount of effort, right? I'm going to get into this on, in a future episode, in a future episode when I do another class on economics from somebody who never took an economics class. If you missed my first one, it's on SoundCloud. So find me on SoundCloud, uh, Jesse Ramsey, ABC on SoundCloud. I'm like Jesse R, Jesse dash R dash one or something like that. But, um, look me up on SoundCloud and listen to that show. It's pretty interesting. But I'm going to do another show on SoundCloud about economics, and I'm going to touch this, how to value, how to place value on your labor, because a lot of people just don't know how to do it. And when they try, it's just retarded how it comes up. The U.S. Women's National Team is no different. So when they go around asking to be paid equally to the men and looking at it from a pure meritocracy standpoint, and I kind of, and I, and again, I apologize for my voice. It's, a, it's kind of, I don't know, something happened, I guess, when I was asleep. But my voice just isn't what it, what it usually is. But <clears throat> looking at this from, a, again, looking at this from a purely, purely meritocratic standpoint, where I have a male employee, if I were a boss, I have a male employee and a female employee, and they were doing, they were doing different things. Female employee comes up and asks, "Hey, can I be paid as the same as the same as the male employee?" And uh, I'll say, "Well, I'll, let me get back to you on that. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to look at each person's perspective output, right, and see if the output generated as far as um, effort to revenue, or what would they call it, labor to revenue ratio, warrants a raise in pay." Now, if I find that the women's labor to the women's labor to labor to profit ratio, right, labor to income ratio, is that equal is equal to that of the gut? All things considered, they have the same time and grade, they have the same time and service, they have the same education level. Everything's basically the same, except for the woman doesn't get paid equally to the man. Yet the yet the pay to profit the pay to profit I mean the labor to out say that Ramsey the labor to profit ratio is equal then yes that woman will get a pay raise it's it's self evident right now let's look at the women's national team now the women's national team exited in the round of sixteen if you look at the twenty 22 men's World Cup, the U.S., the men's national team exited at the same point. So you can say from a, a purely, um, per, from a performance standpoint that, yeah, they did about the same. Now, would the athletic performance, would their respective athletic performances be the same? No, because the men play on a higher level than the women. Yeah, they're both on a national stage. But as far as physical athleticism, the men work on a higher level than the women. It's evident in the fact that uh, I think it was Team Australia's national team, wasn't or was it the women's national team? One of the national teams were beaten. I think it was like seven nothing by a bunch of under fourteen boys. Again, the boys were playing on a higher level than they were. Now they said it was because of scrimmage and all this other stuff. I think I addressed in the previous show. But again, it underscores the point that. When it comes to when it comes to football, and other sports are different, I guess. But when it comes to football, 
Um, men just play on a completely different athletic planet than the women. All right. Now, looking at that, but looking at the fact that the U.S. exited at the same point that the U.S. men's team exited at the same point as the U.S. women's team. So, okay, you say, okay, well, that compares. So, what do we have to look at? Well, we have, again, labor to labor to profit. Now, they both played, well, <laughs> the women did go into overtime and then a penalty shootout, whereas the men didn't. The men lost three to one in regulation, right? So, there is actual, there's an actual case to be made that the women went farther or went played longer than the men. However, the men wildly outperformed them in revenue generation. So men played a shorter game and generated more revenue than the women did. The women played a longer game for less, what's it called, for less revenue and still got put out in the first round. I'm sorry. But I don't see that as cause for the women's national team being paid equally to the men. I just don't. And that's what it is. With that under my belt, with that off my chest, I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, um, there may be more show than content here. But I'm going to delve into this as deeply as I can, given the two, given the two hours that I'm given. So when I come back, I'm going to start on this because it's very interesting what I found as far as these judges in the January 6th trial and what's really going on. So I'm going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that. You're listening to ABC on BTR. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent, our Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost. What's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's Sugar Smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounder, that boy knows I like those new Sugar Smacks. And he knows I do, too. That's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new Sugar Smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well... I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's sugar smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well... that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. 
Kids, look at some delicious magic with the extra good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra rich, extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate-flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big tootsie roll pops. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have tootsie roll pops. All the kids in the neighborhood say tootsie roll pops are triple good, triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one. There's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack too. Ten pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace, with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo, I've got a Swiss cream sandwich for you. Crisp golden cookies and in between. An extra thick, it's my kick. Filling of cream, dessert time, tea time. Don't miss Swiss. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, it's Swiss cream sandwich for you-hoo-hoo, and you A truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself, no other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. Yoo-hoo-hoo, it's Swiss cream sandwich for you-hoo-hoo, and you-hoo-hoo, Swiss cream sandwich. 
Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. Ah, a box of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert and drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-g pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked.
Okay, so, well, let me do a little sound check real, real quick right here. Okay, do that, that, and good. Okay, we're good. Sounds great. Now, when we broke, I told you that this January 6th thing has Spygate written all over it, and it does, seriously. So, what I did, what ended up happening, well, first, before I get into that, I may take a moment of personal privilege. Because I, I, I guess I just need to get this off my mind, you know. But like last week was like crazy for me. Um, on my way to work, and my boss was like, "Well, we got this device, and it's not. Uh, we have this transponder that's not pinging anymore, so we need to. Um, so we need to figure out what happened to it. Maybe I stole it. Who knows? Well, I was like, "Okay, we'll do." On my way now, and on the freeway, my car blew a freaking fuel. Blew the fuel line, just pissing fuel all over the freeway. Oh, it was ugly. I have to go get it from the car shop today. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg. Thanks, Bidenomics, for making everything like three times as expensive as it used to be. Um, while you're still trying to, while you're still there trying to push the successes of your economic policies to ordinary Americans who are looking their paychecks and wondering how it is that their paychecks aren't getting them the same things that it, didn't, that it gave them. In 2017, 2018. So, Bidenomics working? I don't think so, but and I hope it comes back to hammer you in these elections. That's what I wanted to say. Now, this January 16, and I kind of knew once Jack Smith, like everybody, well, right now everybody knows about Jack Smith. Jack Smith is a political hatchet. He's a political hitman, and what he does is he goes in to these. He goes in for party, uh, for political party interests, and he pretty much. He, he again, he's a. He, I wouldn't even call him capo. That wasn't. That wouldn't even be it. He's, he's a little more than associate. Maybe they call him soldato. But he's the guy that they use to, you know, to do organized hits on. He's, he's the guy that the mob would use. And I'm not saying he is a monster. But I'm not saying he's the mob equivalent of the guy they would use to carry out the organized hit, the commission hit. That's Jack Smith. But Jack Smith has no scruples. Jack Smith has no bones about violating people's attorney-client privileges. He has no bones, and that's coming in a little bit. More on, more on that's coming in a little bit. But he has no principles on bending or breaking any rules to make sure that his the object of his the object in his crosshairs get bumped off. But everybody knows that about Jack Smith. But what about these judges that have been appointed to oversee this case? Well, we're working on our third judge right now. This is what you may not know. But we're working on our third judge right now. There are two before her. The third judge is named um, is named Tanya Chutkin. She's actually this black woman. I'll tell you about her in a little bit. If you want to read ahead in the show notes, you can. But there were two there were two uh, judges appointed before her. The first name was Beryl Howell. Now, Beryl Howell is an interesting character. She retired suddenly after, well, I guess it wasn't so suddenly considered the fact that her seven-year, um, I guess it's like a seven-year appointment or something like that. But she was there. She was on the bench for seven years, and then her, her time was up. So she took it, you know, she took the paper and ran. But as a parting shot, what she did was she allowed, um, she 
basically ordered Trump's lawyer to testify to the grand jury what him what he and Trump had talked about under the guise of um, fraud, fraud crime, some about fraud crime, um, some provision for fraud crime. I forget what they I forget what they exactly call it, but that's what they cited. And so doing that, they've completely ripped open the attorney, the concept of attorney client privilege. Beryl Howell did that. Well, what else did Beryl Howell do? See, a lot of people didn't delve into Beryl Howell's past. I happened to just come across it when I went to the rabbit hole. So I'm going to tell you what I found about Judge, Judge Beryl Howell. Judge Beryl Howell had actually worked for, and this is in my show notes. Where does where does uh, Beryl Howell and Spygate cross paths? Well, I'll let Bustle tell it. You know, Bustle who uh, is no behaven of conservative thought. They're probably to the left of Slate. They're leftist. They're definitely to the left of Salon. So again, on my on my um, my rainbow of or my timeline or my line of leftism. You see, there's Mao Zedong. There's well, there's Lenin, there's Stalin, there's Mao Zedong, Paul Pot, CNN, MSNBC, uh, Slate, Huffington Post. To the left of them is Salon, and then to way to the left of them is Bustle. Bustle is a feminist feminist right. So they're bragging about. And this is, I think, yes, 2000, August 10th, 2017 by Kelly Tunney. Kelly Tunney is, she's gushing over Beryl Howell. Why? Because Beryl Howell is overseeing, and you can see the comments, just click on the, um, I mean, you can see this article in my show notes, just click on the link. The headline is, this woman overseeing the Russia investigation could be the key to Trump's downfall. So I'll let Bustle tell it. Ever since, ever since it was reported that Special Counsel Robert Mueller is using a D.C.-based grand jury in his investigation in the links between the Russian government and any members of President Donald Trump's campaign, uh, tension surrounding the case has been high because grand juries typically operate in quiet, out of the public eye. Normally, a lot goes on the radar, including key players. But you may have heard the name Beryl Howell in the Russian investigation grand jury and may be wondering about her role. Now, it goes on... It goes through her whole biography, how President Obama appointed her in 2010, and she um, she appointed, was appointed by George W. Bush to the Sentencing Commission in 2004. And that's that's all fine and good. She graduated Columbia Law School. It says that too. But after the Columbia Law School thing came something that really raised my eyebrow, and I and I'm like, wait a minute, something's clicking here, right? It says an interesting part of her bio. This is from the article. An interesting part of her bio, especially considering the Russian interference investigation, is that Howell had a stint at a cybersecurity firm, Strauss Freeberg, in the 90s as executive managing partner. I'm like, Strauss Freeberg, where the hell did I know I heard that from somewhere? Um, And again, I I referenced Dan Bongino a lot because I I really admire the guy for everything he brought out and exposed during Spygate. Man wrote like three books on it. And is probably the the expert to go on when it comes to Donald Trump and the collusion things. But um, and one of his things is remember the names, remember the names, remember the names. Well, Strauss Friedberg, I heard that name somewhere, and I'm and I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out, and I'm like, wait a minute. So 
So I go and I dig a little further and I find, let's see, where was Strauss Freeberg? And I found out that Strauss Freeberg was the, oh, I know where I can find it in my show notes. So, boom. Strauss Freeberg is cybersecurity. So remember when Alpha Bank, remember when they tried to make that whole connection between a server in Trump's house or at Trump Towers somewhere in there. They were pinging Alpha Bank, and they and later on it comes out that Alpha Bank was just sending out random emails to people, and one of the emails was, was actually to Donald Trump's uh, email server. Well, the, uh, that whole thing was because of because of a cybersecurity firm that had went in, and um, and they investigated these pings that were going on between Alpha Bank and different servers, one of which would belong to Donald Trump. And that's how that made it into the Trump dossier or into the Trump investigation. And who was that, just coincidentally, who was that cybersecurity firm that did it? Any guesses, anybody? <laughs> Any guesses, anybody? Nobody? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole Strauss Freeberg thing. Strauss Freeberg, the same place that uh, Beryl... How work for? So how is this? How how does this fly under the radar? See, I don't think I really don't think that this that this is as random as people would want to, as the news would want you to think. The fake news it's not as random as they want you to think it is, and that's only the beginning of what I found out about Beryl Howell, because Beryl Howell was the same person again. I said it, it was the same person that affirmed Robert Mueller's appointment. And she's the same person that shattered the attorney-client privilege, allowing Jack Smith to violate attorney-client privilege under a false pretense and force Donald Trump's lawyer to testify to a grand jury, which is contradictory to every piece of sound sound doctrine in American jurisprudence. But something else interesting about Beryl Howell and... Again, it comes all the way back because FISA ties into this. FISA spidered into pretty much everything in this show that I'm about to talk about today. FISA is right in the middle of it. And this is why the, the meme is a picture of Carter Page. Because Carter, I am pretty sure Carter Page saw everything that's happening today. I'm pretty sure Carter Page saw this coming for years now. So the meme is, so my meme, that's where the Carter Page meme comes from. But um, so I found out that Beryl Howell had wrote a paper about FISA, right? And the abstract of the paper, I'm going to read the abstract of the paper, and then I'm going to read another article. And the article, in the article, the article references somebody named Patrick Leahy. He's a Democrat senator from Vermont. And I don't know what it is about these Democratic senators from Vermont. But Vermont churns out some of the craziest people to ever grace the Senate. I, I, I am convinced of that. But um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read from an article, but I'm gonna read this abstract from this paper written by Howell Barrow A and Dana and Lesman Dana. Fisa's fruits and criminal. It's called Fisa's fruits and criminal cases: an opportunity for improved accountability. I'm not gonna read the whole paper. I'm just gonna read the abstract. And the abstract says. FISA discovery rules are highly restrictive and more protective of information contained in or derived from FISA applications and orders than classified information generally. 
By contrast, the defendants con- by contrast, the defendants confronted with evidence from court-authorized surveillance under the federal criminal code. Defendants have, in cases where FISA-derived uh, evidence is presented have, to date, been unable to obtain access to the underlying FISA applications and orders to challenge their sufficiency, accuracy, or veracity. That's going to become important in a minute, so keep a pin on that, all right? While the primary focus of crib- critical policy debate has been the scope and standards applicable to the initiation of FISA surveillance, this article reviews the FISA discovery rules and presents a policy analysis of how updating those rules in a manner that continues to protect national security interests would allow more effective judicial review informed by adversarial scrutiny of the FISA operations, in particular, in particular criminal cases, and result in both more fair proceedings and individual defendants and more accountability for the FISA process generally. Now, with that in mind, I found a article. I found another article, and again, Patrick Leahy. And let me try to get this. Let me try to get this open. Um, Daryl Howell, Trump Alphabet Survey. Who Daryl Howell? Here it is. This one I found in NPR, and NPR again. I'll link to it in my show notes. And it says, Senate passes surveillance bill with new protections for fate. Where have we heard that before? I think I just read that out of uh, Beryl Howell's paper. And this is why I said, this is why I'm convinced that Patrick Leahy got this from Beryl Howell. And it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that Beryl Howell, if you go to Open Secrets, Beryl Howell ended up donating to Patrick Leahy's campaign twice. I think it's twice. Two or three times. I think it's twice. Let's see. Um, going down in the article, because let's see, National Security Spokesman Mark Raimondi issued a statement. We appreciate the Senate's reauthorization of three expanded national security authorities. This was back in 2020. 2020 was an interesting year for for everything that I'm reading. But yeah. So going back, um, damn it, I lost my place. Oh yeah, no, screw that. Let's go down this. Let's go down here. Language supported by Utah Republican Senator Mike Lee and Vermont Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy would lower the threshold for the court to appoint an outside advisor, an amicus curiae, in the language of the law. And amicus, the amicus curiae, is going to become important in a bit. So put a pin in that too. Okay. So remember the amicus curiae. Now. Democratic Senator Patrick Leahy will lower the threshold for the court to appoint an outside advisor, an amicus curiae in the language of the law, in cases involving a sensitive investigative manner. If men are angels, no government will be necessary, Lee said, but men are not angels, so our government will always need oversight and accountability to make sure it doesn't abuse its power. The Pfizer court can already appoint amici, 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 but it does so relatively seldom, about 16 times over the last five years, Leahy said, Patrick Leahy the man that Beryl Howe donated to twice and who he got this paper from. Said Lee, the amendment will also empower the amicus to raise any issue with the court at any time and give both the amicus and the FISA court access to all documents and information related to the surveillance application. Doesn't that sound just like what I just read from Beryl Howell? So how can these things be so similar? And coincidentally, Beryl Howell is the same judge that 
um, donated to Patrick Leahy's campaign, and Patrick Leahy is now using Barrel House paper, paper as an excuse, as a platform to renew the Pfizer process. And now this is the same Barrel Howell, right? And remember, Pfizer was used against Carter Page. They, were, they used Pfizer to, and this is going to be another point. The woman who actually walked the, walked the, walked the warrant or the application for the Pfizer warrant to the Pfizer court and the judge in the Pfizer court, one of the judges in the Pfizer court is really interesting. But when she walked, and that's going to come later, when she walked in, when she walked the Pfizer warrant and gave it to Pfizer, the judges stamped off on it and said, there you go. Right. And that was a cause of, of really a baseless surveillance of Carter Page. And that's what they call Crossfire Hurricane that Peter Strzok and uh, that Lisa chick that he was sleeping with. That's where they all come into play. So, again, Meryl Howell writes this paper. The dude that she donates to gets this paper and uses it to um, reauthorize the same process that was used to spy on an American citizen contrary to anything in the U.S. Constitution. This is what we're working with here. And now the same judge, the day before she retires, issues um, issues a decree basically saying that attorney-client privilege is dead and that Trump's attorney has to uh, testify to a grand jury, which is contrary to any um, any sound doctrine of American jurisprudence. This is Beryl Howell, and this is the this is the first judge who was on the Trump January 6th, uh, January 6th committee case, or January 6th case. That's Beryl Howell. Now, back to my studio. One thing that, and <laughs> my head is swimming right now. I don't even know where to go from here because, again, when I did this, when I was going down this rabbit hole, there were so many doors, like, even from this Barrel Howell thing, because I said that I said about the Pfizer, I said about the woman who walked the who walked the um, warrant to the Pfizer court to open the warrant to open the case on Carter Page called Crossfire Hurricane, where they used that used Pfizer to unconstitutionally spy on him. That was Barrel Howell's doing. Who else was a part of that? Well. The person who took over for Beryl Howell after she made that she made that thing and retired, she um no she not she he his name is James Boisberg. James Boisberg took over for Beryl Howell, and now I'm not gonna take a break yet. Screw that. I want to get into this because this it's spiders. It spiders out and it gets a little bit convoluted. So I'm gonna try to button this up as best I can by trying to create the links and the paths and open doors. But if I don't, just then forgive me. But um, let's see. Let's get back to, okay, cool. Now, James Boesberg. And I wrote in my show notes. James Boesberg, who subbed in after Howell's sudden retirement, was on the FISA court. He was, he was appointed to the FISA court in 2014. The FISA on uh, Carter Page was open in 2017. You telling me this guy wasn't a part of that? 
He came out of the FISA court in 2021. So for seven years between 2014 and 2021, this guy was on the FISA court. You telling me he doesn't know what happened with Carter Page? And I'm going to I'm going to get into that a little further. But James Boisberg, that's his name. He took over for Beryl Howe. This guy sat on the FISA court at the time the at the time that remember this. And if you hear, if you listen to Dan Bongino, he drops a name. All right. He didn't drop it very frequently, but the, the name is very important. The name is Mary McCord. And Mary McCord worked for the Department of Justice. I think she was an attorney with the FBI. I think she was one of the FBI's lead attorneys. Mary McCord walked the uh, walked the warrant over to the FISA courts for them to sign and open up crossfire hurricanes. That's what she did. And the one of the um one of the judges whose nose it went under, his name was James Boisberg. Now, James Boisberg, after he figured out that this shit was becoming a little too a little too hot, he came out and I think it was in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one and he actually came out and walked back a couple of those and not that you know, those long the process was long over so the warrant was dead. But what I mean by walked back was he came out and said, you know, and I put this in my show notes. He said, you know, two of these, according to CNN, and I'll let you in. They tell me, and it says, two or four or five are warranted against ballot. Now, I'm not going to read too much of this, but I'm going to read this, all right, because it goes back to the thought processes. Washington, CNN. This is from, again, 2020, January 23rd. Again, 2020, big year. Washington, CNN. The Justice Department has declared invalid two of the four surveillance warrants against former Trump campaign uh, associates. Against former, sorry, two of the four surveillance warrants against former Trump campaign associate Carter Page, the the former intelligence surveillance court said Thursday. The acknowledgement to the surveillance court is the latest. Uh, his latest fallout from December's scathing Inspector General report, we're talking about John Durham, which fought, uh, no, it's not, not John Durham, the other guy who did it before him, but um, which fought at the FBI for a series of misstatements and omissions in the applications to get secret court warrants to eavesdrop on page. The Justice Department's concession to the courts meaning means the department now believes, at a minimum, the surveillance of Page should have ended after the second warrant expired in early 2017. That's the one that Boasberg put his name or put his to. President Donald Trump and Republican allies have consistently criticized FBI's Russia investigation, you know, for the whole, you know, whole Pfizer thing. It was, it was completely unconstitutional. They weren't supposed to do that. Yet they did, and they, and they used a fake dossier as a... And if you read the dossier, it's really... it's. It's interesting reading, to say the least. I, yours truly has read it, and I don't know. It, it, it was good for a laugh because the imagination of these people. Like, I used to, I used to write short stories and poetry and stuff when I was younger. You know, kid into my teens. I haven't really done it in a long time. But as thought and as imaginative as I thought it would, be, I even wrote a, a script for made-for-TV movie like a, quite a few years back. But as a thought, as imaginative as I thought I was, I ain't got nothing on these guys. You know, I got nothing on people like Christopher Steele and the two other Russians that went in on it. But let's see. Going back to CNN, though. Uh, let's 
the report also accused lower-level FBI lawyer of doctoring a document used to build the ACMC's act. And they're talking about, right here, they're talking about Kleinsmith, right? Now, Kleinsmith, again, I put this in my notes, Kleinsmith had went to trial for this, all right? It's, it's in the report. The FBI lawyer named Kleinsmith had actually doctored an email that was that was part of the warrant or part of the process for the warrant that was used to open up Crossfire Hurricane. And it says, and CNN says, the lawyer is now under criminal investigation and has since resigned from the FBI. They're talking about Kleinsmith. Kleinsmith went to trial for this. And this was, this part blew me away. But Kleinsmith went to trial for this. Kleinsmith was found guilty. I remember the day he was guilty. I was on my work. I was on my way. I, I worked. I worked at the place that builds airplanes, so I, um, I was on my way to work, and I, it came over the radio, and Brian Smith was found guilty, but again, yeah, it was kind of a small win, but it was almost as if the government threw Klein Smith under the bus, and this was a this was the basis for why I said. In a post, I want to say earlier last year, when the whole Hunter Biden thing dropped, I said that hey, the what the what the government's going to do is they're going to surgically remove Biden from this laptop thing, and they're going to charge Hunter with low, lower level crimes, and then Biden's going to Hunter's going to plead guilty, Biden's going to pardon Hunter, and they all go free. And I said that because I saw what happened with this guy Kleinsmith, and it's funny because Kleinsmith. Even though he pled guilty to uh, um, he pled guilty to falsifying a document that led to the deprivation of an American citizen's rights, he only got 12 months probation for it. And the judge who oversaw that all was one James Boisberg. You can't make this shit up. It's, it has Spygate written all over it. I put it in my notes. Let's see. Um, James Boisberg, who subbed in after Howell's sudden retirement, was on the FISA court and approved that approved the FISA wiretaps on Carter Page. He walked back two of them in 2020, but hired Mary McCord. And here, Amiki, remember when I said about the Amiki Curie? Well, in December, no, in April 15th of 2021, right after. Um, Right after and in the middle of the whole, um, let's say the whole John Durham thing, right when John Durham thing kicked off, Mary McCord, who was the person who walked over, who walked that baseless warrant over to Pfizer to get it get it signed off by one of the people whose name was James Boisberg, was hired by the Pfizer court as an amateur curie. I swear. You couldn't make, you can uh, you, could, you I don't know, I'm just blown away. You, just, you really couldn't make this up. Anyway, I said, Mary McCord, who brought the FISA warrants to begin with. I said errands, but that's what's been showing up. I got to clean it up. I make a lot of mistakes with mine. My W key doesn't work, so forgive me. Um, to begin with, as Amici, Amici Curie in 2021, he also gave Kevin Kleinsmith 12 months probation uh, into a slap on the wrist. CNN, CNN politics. Uh, let's see. Wednesday, August 19, 2020. Judge accepts FBI lawyer's guilty plea for false statement in Carter Page warrant paperwork. CNN. 
former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith <laughs> talked about in an earlier they talked about in this earlier article when um about the two of the warrants. So yeah. Anywho, going back. Uh damn it, do I have those for faltered associated code phase warrant? Jeez, I got so many pages open, it's like weird. I, I get lost now. But former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith formally pleaded guilty on Wednesday to changing the text in an email, as I said, an email when working to renew the surveillance application on former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page in 2017. Judge James Boasberg of the D.C. District Court, the ex-Fizer guy who signed off on the damn warrant to begin with, accepted his plea, accepted his plea at a hearing that lasted about an hour Wednesday. Klein Smith admitted to one charge of inserting words, not a source, into an email in 2017 about Page's history with the CIA, when Page had been a contact. So he lied. Not only did he falsify documents by inserting words that weren't there to begin with, the words weren't patent lies. So that should have been an aggravating circumstance, and it should have got him more time, but James Wellesberg, being, being who he was and doing what he did, you know, here it is. But Klein Smith invented to one charge of inserting words, not a source, into an email in 2017 about Page's history with the CIA when Page had been a contact. The email was part of the preparations officials were making to apply for a renewal to Page's wiretap in 2017. Remember, the judge was. We keep saying it. The Justice Department has since invalidated the renewal application. And several officials, that's because of the damn uh, the special prosecutor investigation going on. That's why they did that. But, yeah, the Justice Department has since invalidated the, that renewal application. And several officials have harshly criticized FBI proceeds in the handling of surveillance operations. That was James Bowersberg coming around. Not full circle because he didn't, he didn't disavow all of them. He only disavowed two of them. But still, the point remains. Going further, at the time, I believed the information I was providing in the email was accurate. No, he didn't, but what else? But I'm agreeing that the information I inserted into the email was not originally there, and I inserted that information. And I told the judge over the phone on Wednesday. Boasberg also leads the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court that approved the page wiretaps. He led it. So how does he not? How does he not know this happened? How does he not know that Mary McCord? Have brought the warrant over that was signed by Card, uh, Lisa Peter Strzok. That was signed by Lisa Page. That was signed by um, James Comey. That was signed by Andrew Weissman. That was signed by Mary McCord. There were all these people that were signed this damn warrant. She walks it over. He looks. They look at all of this. All this he knows. He knows all of this. He's, he's the leader of the NAF president. And then he says, "Okay, boom, done. You're good." So, of course, Boasberg knows this, and of course, Boasberg has to cover his ass. So, what he did was he he accepted Kleinsmith when the government threw Kleinsmith under the bus. He accepted the guilty plea and just slapped him on, gave him a slap on the wrist, allowing everybody to go free. That's supposed to have been the end of it. And again, this is how the government works. When one of them is under fire, they're going to throw him, they're going to throw them temporarily under the bus like they do with Hunt. Like they do with Hunter Biden, like they're doing with Devin Archer, but Devin Archer's pissed off about him and he's turning state's evidence. But um So what they're doing with Hunter is the same thing. They pretty much got him on lesser charges 
they're going to give they offered him as a sweetheart deal already it just it just happened to fall apart because they couldn't get the lawyers couldn't get their acts together about what they wanted from it but the original intent was to bring him in let him plead guilty to lesser lesser federal charges so that Joe Biden can pardon Hunter and then they all go free it's the same thing they do with Kleinsmith it's the same thing they're doing with um with Hunter Biden but I'm going to continue this. I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to continue this because it gets weirder, and it gets weirder when it comes to this last, this latest judge who's now presiding over. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish up on James Boisberg, and then um, we're going to get into uh, Tanya Chutkin because Tanya Chutkin is a piece of work. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to get into that. You're listening to ABC on BTR. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent, our Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost, what's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. That's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no, I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say. Relief is just a swallow away. Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra rich, extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate-flavored syrup for you. Sing out, I love Bosco, it's rich in chocolatey. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. Let's 
a drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big because you're a pop star. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have put you a pop All the kids in the neighborhood say put you a pop star. Triple good, triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack too. Ten Pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All of the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffle, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo-hoo. I've got a swift cream sandwich for you. Crisp golden cookies and in between an extra thick. It's my pick. Filling of cream. Dessert time. Tea time. Don't miss Swiss. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, It's Swiss cream sandwich for you hoo And you hoo a truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. yoo hoo yoo It's Swiss cream sandwich. For you hoo And you hoo Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. Ah, a box of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. 
To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert. And drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the secret squadron. We secret squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some tank. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. January 60s. We have Beryl Howell, who was the first judge, who who basically ripped apart attorney-client privilege, which is like the cornerstone of uh, American jurisprudence. American jurisprudence. She ripped it apart. Well, Judge Beryl Howell is the one that that uh, affirmed Robert Mueller's appointment. So she, again, Spygate, right? Beryl Howell. <laughs> Beryl Howell. After well. Not even after the whole Robert Mueller thing. But before she even did that, she worked for the same cybersecurity company that tried to link 
Alpha Bank to Donald Trump server and say that somehow Donald Trump has a back channel. Remember that whole thing when they said that they had a back channel? Donald Trump had a back channel at Alpha, Alpha Bank, and I think they were trying to say that he was sending wiring payments or something to the Russians using that back channel. Well, all of that information, all of that false information came out because of because of that firms that she worked for back in the 90s. This is Beryl Howell. And then, and then she goes and she writes a paper that she gives to Patrick Leahy, or somehow Patrick Leahy gets a, gets a hold of it. After she donates a few times to Patrick Leahy's campaign, Patrick, Lee, Patrick Leahy somehow ends up with a copy of a report of a paper that she wrote. And all this is, all this is in my show notes. Patrick Leahy gets a, gets a copy of the paper that she wrote and then uses it as a floorboard for reauthorizing FISA, the same FISA that Judge James Boisberg was the head of, the same FISA whose court James Boisberg was the head of, back when Carter Page, when Mary McCord, who knew Robert Mueller and James Comey, and Lisa Monaco and Andrew Weissman, all from back in the Enron thing, and John Brennan and John Cor- what was his name? Corlin, John Corlin, something like that. But um, they all knew each other. They all. This is just one big. This is just one big cabal of swamp donkeys that are in on this case. And then that same Mary McCord, that hired to the FISA, that hired to the FISA court. As an amicus curiae was the same Mary McCord that walked the warrant from FBI Kevin Kleinsmith to the to the FISA court for the judge's signature, who signed off. Who it was signed off by the FISA court. So Boisberg knew that too. Boisberg turns around a few years later. And says that two of those warrants were that he signed off on and that he knew about were in fact invalid, and that the person who the person who um, who drafted this I guess this this whole the whole reason behind the warrant had falsified an email to try to get this warrant. So somehow he knows about it. The person that walks this the person who's the last person to sign it and the person to walk it over gets somehow a job in the FISA court as the amicus curiae in 2021. Like, and all of these people, again, Mary McCord, Lisa Monaco, um, uh, what's his name? James Comey, Brennan, Clapper. Well, I'm not sure about Clapper, but Jenny, Brennan, Corlin, all of those people, they all, they all know each other. They all, because they all worked on the Enron scam. Like what in the, Sam Hill was going on. And then when Kleinsmith, when it comes out that, yeah, Kleinsmith did falsify it in order to cover his own ass because he knows that his signature is also on top of, is also on top of this, of these bogus FISA warrant documents that he turned around and when they threw Kleinsmith under the bus, he, he accepted Kleinsmith's guilty verdict and then gave him only 12 months of probation. So that they all go free. And then, <laughs> after Boisberg, now they tap Tanya Chutkin. 
who is Tanya Chutkin? Tanya Chutkin is the current presider over this whole mess, this January 6th mess. Tanya Chutkin is known for handing out some of the strictest sentences as far as people convicted in January for January 6th, which most people were just there just walking through. So people are getting like four and five years for just walking through the Capitol building. This is Tanya Chutkin. Tanya Chutkin is doing this. So while James Boisberg is giving people like Kevin Kleinsmith, who knowingly falsified information to attain a warrant to take away somebody's uh, religious liberties, we have people like Tanya Chutkin, who just because somebody walks through the Capitol building on a day where, an insur- where what they say an insurrection is that happened. Now, if you were just there, you're getting like four and five years from this judge, right? Well, who was Tanya Chutkin? Like, let's go, let's go into Chutkin. Now, in my show notes, I said, check in who disapproved presided over the whole Fusion GPS over Alpha versus Alpha Bank debacle. Now, this one is interesting because, again, Tanya Chutkin presided. See, Fusion GPS, and if you remember Spygate, you know Fusion GPS. Why? Because Glenn Simpson had written an article for, um, I do believe it was the Wall Street Journal. Nellie Orr and Glenn Simpson, yeah, Nellie Orr and Glenn Simpson wrote an article, and that article basically laid out a case for Russian interference in American elections, and the case of Russian interference was was the groundwork for what would eventually become the Steele dossier. Now, I'm not going to go, because I didn't go into my show notes with it, because um because Block Talk Radio only gives me 2,000 characters to put together show notes. And if I link in my show notes, which I frequently do because I love bringing the receipts, if I link to anything, then the links that I put in takes up, even though you don't see the actual text of the link or the actual site of the link, you just see the colored words, um, it still takes up characters in the show notes. So with only 2,000 characters, I can't link to everything that I want to link to. But you can you can actually go find this whole fight that Fusion GPS had with uh, Alpha Bank because Alpha Bank, see Fusion GPS, what they want you, what the what the news media wants you to think is that Fusion GPS had a problem with TD Bank, right? Because of bank records and things like that that they didn't want them to get out, of. and that's all fine and good. But the truth is that Fusion GPS actually had a problem with two banks. One was CD, and then the other one was Alpha Bank. Why? Because Alpha Bank had sued. No. Yeah, Alpha Bank has ended up suing Fusion GPS for defamation because they were saying that, hey, this dossier that they put together is false, and they're, sm- they're smearing the people that we work with. They're smearing me, myself, and my coworkers. Um, who was it? Uh, I forget the guy's name, the head of Alpha Bank. But the head of Alpha Bank was saying this. There's like three of them that went in on this lawsuit. And they, Alpha Bank has sued Fusion GPS for defamation. But I think even before that, no, it was after that. Um, Devin Nunes was, com- Devin Nunes was oversight committee. It was back when Republicans took over, um, took over the House and the Senate. House in the Senate, yeah, I think the House in the Senate when Trump was in office. And this whole thing was going on, and they were, they were investigating Spike. And they wanted 
fusion no they wanted alpha bank to give up some documents that they had on fusion gps the case so the case went before it was congress and it was um, fusion gps the case actually went to tanya chuckin and the reason why the case went to tanya chuckin was because when devin nunez's oversight committee sent a letter to alpha he goes alpha bank yeah, they sent a letter to Alpha Bank asking them to, to turn over documents related to Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS filed a countersuit and asked to um, and asked for an injunction to be issued that blocks any transfer of information between uh, Alpha Bank and the Oversight Committee. Well, that was approved. And I'm going to read what I'm going to read from you now, and I link to this in my show notes, is from is the last part of the document that was um, issued as the answer to the demand that an injunction be, or the request, and I shouldn't say demand, but a request, it's the answer to the request that Fusion GPS made that this information be blocked from going to the oversight committee. And here it is, memorandum of, it is memorandum of points. No, it's a little further down. Let's actually scroll. I think it's at the end. And here it is. Um, being LLC doing business as Fusion GPS plaintiff versus defendant bank, which is alphabet, and permanent select committee on intelligence of the U.S. House of Representatives, headed by one Devin Nunes, defendant intervener. Proposed preliminary injunction. Upon consideration of the plaintiff's motion, this is a this is a fusion GPS. So, upon consideration of plaintiff's motion for a preliminary injunction prohibiting the defendant from releasing plaintiff's bank records in response to the subpoena issued by defendant Congressman Devin Nunes, the memorandum of law filed in support thereof, any opposition thereto, and the entire record in this action, it is ordered. Plaintiff's motion for preliminary injunction is hereby granted, and that and it is further ordered that the defendant bank is prohibited from releasing plaintiff's bank records in response to the subpoena issued by defendant Nunes unless this court order it uh, order it to do so. So ordered, Honorable Tanya S. Chutkin, United States District Judge. You couldn't make this shit. This shit has Spygate written all over it. This is crazy. So now we see that this is probably another arm of the cover-up that's going on with everything, everything regarding Spygate and Ukraine. This is all. This you see how this is kind of playing itself out. So we have this judge who is now covering, who is now providing cover. For the company that put together a false, uh, fake document, right? So let's let's work. Let's walk this back because I think, yeah, let's walk this not not walk it back. Well, let's walk backwards. Let's work backwards because I think this, I think this is the way I can actually wrap my brain around this, is for me to start at the end and work to the beginning. We have, oh, and I didn't say she didn't. She was removed from Fusion GPS. Let's go. We'll do that in a minute. But she was removed from, according to the Daily Caller, uh, removed from the Spygate. So federal judge recused herself from a second 
GPS case, according to the they call it. A federal judge in Washington, D.C. has recused himself from a case involving Trump dossier for infusion GPS. Tanya S. Chutkin, an Obama employee, very important, recused herself on Monday from a case involving a dispute over subpoenas issued for Fusion GPS, the firm that commissioned the dossier. Alexei Gubarev, a Russian tech executive, accused the dossier of hacking Democrats' computer systems. Uh, oh, accused. Let me go back. Let me start over. I'm reading this one. Alexei Gubarev, a Russian tech executive accused in the dossier of hacking Democrats' computer systems, has sought to subpoena Fusion GPS records and to depose its employees to find out more about the research firm's work on the dossier. Gubarev, Gubarev is suing BuzzFeed. Now, remember, BuzzFeed was the first quote-unquote public – it's a blog. Uh, Tucker Carlson calls it a cat blog, and that's, pretty, that's a pretty apt description. Of it. But BuzzFeed is one of these – Super leftist, um, doesn't really have anything to say, really important. The only reason why they're on the map is because of Spygate. But BuzzFeed is just one of those one of those blogs that you know people just pick up for just because they're bored. But Gubarev is suing BuzzFeed for defamation for defamation for publishing the dossier earlier this year. He denies the allegations laid out in the document, which was written by former British by Christopher Steele. That's why I call it the Steele dossier. Chutkin recused herself last month from another case involving Fusion GPS. The firm had filed suit against his bank, TD Bank, and I told you a little about that, I think, earlier. But TD Bank had a TD Bank had records that had financial records concerning some payments that were made, and so um, there was a lawsuit about that. Uh, so the firm had filed a suit against his. It's bank TD Bank to keep it from complying with a subpoena issued by the House Intelligence Committee, which sought Fusion's bank records. Do you, do you see the pattern? Like the committee would go to one of Fusion's banks to, they went to TD Bank, and they said, um, so they said, hey, they told TD Bank, we need these records. We're going to they send them a subpoena. We need these records regarding Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS stopped, stepped in, and sued, and Tanya Chutkin took the case. Um, and I think with that one, and I didn't link to it because I just ran out of room, but I do believe that in that one, there wasn't an actual injunction. But what happened was in the beginning, she said, well, you need to work this out amongst yourselves. And then she ended up uh, pushing the, the, the suspense date back for the subpoena. So she actually ended up giving Fusion GPS and TD Bank more time to coordinate the lot. So again, she denied she denied um, the House Intelligence Committee getting important documents by several days with that. That's the first one. Now with the second one, she steps in because um, the House Oversight Committee said, okay, done with TD, let's do the Alpha Bank thing. So they sent subpoenas to Alpha Bank again. Using GPS, stepped in and they said, hey, we're issuing an injunction. No. No information goes to the House Select Committee, and this time China Chuckin orders an injunction prohibiting the transfer of information from Alpha Bank to the uh, House Intelligence Committee. What is she hiding? Why, what is she working to hide is the question here. And then shortly after that, let's see, uh, Chuckin presided over the case from October 26th to November 9th. It was reassigned to Judge Richard Leone 
a George W. Bush appointee, and I didn't get into Richard Leon because I don't think he was a major player in – not much of a major player in this January 6th one. But Tanya Chutkin is definitely the one we worry about, right? It says, since taking over the case, Leon has indicated he plans to allow more transparency into the court proceedings. Uh, Chutkin presided over the case involving the lawsuit against BuzzFeed since August 31st. Her replacement is Trevor McFadden, a Trump appointee who assumed the office in October. The reason for Chutkin's accusals remain a mystery. A spokeswoman, a spokeswoman for the U.S. District Court confirmed that Chutkin recused herself from the case but denied to provide an explanation citing policy against discussing recusal, uh, recusal decisions. Chutkin's past legal work could have something to do with the decision. Prior to her appointment to the federal bench, Chutkin was a partner at Bowie, Schiller, and Flexner. That's interesting because a white shoe law firm founded by David Bowie's. And I have a feeling that, and this is the first time I'm really going down this far in the article, but I have a feeling that, I do have a feeling that they're going to mention something about Hunter Biden. Uh, at the at the firm, Chutkin represented Theranos, a medical technology firm. Oh, the one that this, the lady who headed Theranos um, got sentenced to jail, right, for fraud? Let's see. Um, a medical technology company. Fusion GPS also appears to have worked for Theranos and BSF. That is very interesting. I, I did not know that. I should have read further down this article. Um, Chuckin represented the Reynolds in the 2013 malpractice lawsuit. She left BSF for the federal bench that, that, the next year. And what they don't say is that um, BSF, did y'all know that Hunter Biden did a little stint in BSF for a little while? I, I bet you guys did. But again, couldn't link to it in my show notes because I ran out of room, but I, I found that out too. Oh, I didn't know this whole, this whole Chutkin representing Theranos when she was with BSF. See, and I think it was, was it? No, I think it was Perkins Coie that, um, that represented people like Huma Abedin and all of them and David Weiner and all of them. But this whole Theranos thing, that's, that's mind blowing. Wow. Okay. Um, it's unclear whether when Fusion GPS Work, began working on behalf of Theranos, but the Washington Post reported on Monday that the that Fusion GPS co-founder Peter Fritsch intervened on behalf of the company during a 2015 investigation by the Wall Street Journal. Frisch, a former reporter at the Journal, reportedly asked Journal reporter John Carreyrou to soften the coverage of Theranos and its inaccurate blood testing devices. The Post reported that Fritch Bowies, along with the Theranos delegation to the Journal's newsroom in 2015 to meet with Kerry Rue and his editor. Kerry Rue's series of stories on Theranos exposed the company's faulty blood testing equipment and led to an SEC investigation. Yeah, the woman who, the billionaire woman who led that got actually convicted of, um, of fraud. Houston GPS typically works for law firms in the representation of corporate or potential or political clients, such was the case for its work on the dossier. Fusion was paid by Perkins Coie, the law firm that represented the Clinton campaign and the DNC, and we all know what happened with that. Um, Fusion GPS, Fusion GPS is one of the people around Fusion GPS was a man was a man named Glenn Simpson. Again, he went in with Nellie Orr. And I'm not going to go too far into the weeds with this, but he went in with Nellie Orr and wrote this article for the Wall Street Journal, speaking speaking of, for the Wall Street Journal, saying detailing how Russians 
interfere with um, U.S. elections. And it sounded suspiciously like the things that were laid out in the dossier. Nellie Orr, Glenn Simpson's partner, was, um, was married to a man named Bruce Orr. And Bruce Orr was the man who, who was um, listed in the, in the investigation, in the special, uh, in the special counsel's investigation after during, was it during the, one of the two that they did the first special investigation that they did that, in, that ended up in the hearings led by Devin Nunes, that investigation. It came out of that investigation that Bruce Orr worked with the FBI to um, to mine data from different computers, and this is what led to the firm that Judge Beryl Howell used to work for going in, and they worked with people like they worked with tech, techies that worked with Georgia Tech and all these other people, but in the end. Um, they did a lot of using the FISA warrant, using the FISA courts that was headed by um, by Judge Bo, oh God, Judge Boisberg. Um, all these warrants that were used to mine all of this data by Bruce Orr for Fusion GPS to send to Christopher Steele so he could put this thing together with these Russians. So how is it that, okay, so let's work backwards, right? So Tanya Chetson. Let's start with the work, work A. Actually, yeah, let's do that. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> Sorry, I'm up against a hard break right here. But when I come back from the break, we're going to start from Z. We're going to work to A, and we're going to see if we can make this all make sense, all right? So when I come back, we're going to do that. You're listening to ABC on BTR. This one's getting good. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark King. You're a Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost, what's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. And that's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's sugar smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie. And he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say, relief is just a swallow away. Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take 
Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra rich, extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big tootsie roll pops. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have tootsie roll pops. All the kids in the neighborhood say tootsie roll pops are triple good. Triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops are such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack too. Ten Pops in assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffle, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Yoo-hoo-hoo, I've got a swift cream sandwich for you. Crisp golden cookies and in between. An extra thick, it's my pick. Filling of cream, dessert time, tea time. Don't miss Swiss. As the man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo. Yoo-hoo. It's Swiss cream sandwich for you, and you, a truly different cream sandwich. Swiss cream sandwich baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself. No other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light they melt in your mouth. You, it's Swiss cream sandwich for you, and you, Swiss cream sandwich. 
Bridge. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only Secret Squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the Secret Squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert. And drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini space flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of New Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. So, uh, 
No, I don't know why, but I I have a strange inkling to put this out there. But um, you know, pretty soon I you know I get to go rest in my car and get to do a whole lot of things. You know, life is actually great. No complaints for me. I feel great. Um, things are rolling well. I do love my new job. I love my new boss. He's the best. Like I don't know, and I don't give give much chances to sing my boss's praises, but. I think this is the first boss that I work with that actually, like, he, you know, he, I feel like he cares about not just me, but, like, everybody that's under him. And I, it's weird to see that because for the longest time, like, job after job after job, you know, I've had bosses and some of them were good. But, you know, I didn't get that sense of, you know, I actually give a shit. And it's 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 nice to work for somebody like that. So I just, I, you know, I'm wishing everybody in the working field would, I wish they get a boss like that. But yeah, life is great. And I really, I don't, you know, I may have had those, I may have had like down on myself thoughts before when I was a teenager, but you know, I got help for that. And it's weird because like, I don't know, I guess since I moved out on my own some years ago, um, I did a whole, I did the man in the mirror thing. I spent I guess the first year and a half, like literally by myself. And it forced me to realize a lot of things. And I forgave myself for a lot of things that I did wrong. And I realized a lot of things that I did wrong, but I had to forgive myself for it. And because I did, I'm in a much better place. So again, I just want to put that out there. I'm in a great place in my life. Um, everything's like really rolling well. And life is finally starting. It took 40, 49 years, but life is finally starting to make sense. And so, um, you know, we're making the best of what we can. And that's what I encourage for everybody. Is just let, make life what you can. You know, um, you, you only have your life, but you have to live it to the fullest. So do what you, don't do what you want to do because, you know, a lot of people want to do certain things that are just not, just not copacetic. But, you know, it's your life and it's up to you what you make of it. I'm trying to make it as great as possible, and really I am. And um, even since coming back to Blog Talk Radio, because I love doing this, and I hope someday that I will be on the radio, actual radio airwaves. Hopefully 770 will pick me up. They'll hear this and pick me up. But, um, you know, it's kind of a dream of mine to be on the radio, be like Bill Handel and Rush Limbaugh and even Dan Bongino. It'll be great. And, you know, I can list a whole bunch of heavyweights out there. Uh, Brian Mudd and Rich Valdez, Rich Zioli, and all these other people, all these other people out there. They're just great talk show hosts, and I kind of want to be like them. I want to be one of them. But anyway, yeah, life is great. No complaints for me. Just need to put that out there, especially with how this show is going. So, where was I? We're going to work backwards from A to Z. I mean, work backwards from A to Z. We're going to work backwards from Z to A, right? So let's start with, first we started from A to Z. We started back with um, with Beryl Howell. Well, now let's work from Z to A and start with Tiny Chutkin. So Tiny Chutkin, remember, this is the judge who handed out some of the most harshest sentences regarding the January 6th people, who the people who were there at the Capitol on January 6th. They didn't even call them January 6th people. Because a lot of them were just there for the rally, and then there was supposed to have gone. A lot of them have just gone to just make to just stand outside and talk to each other and talk about what was going on, right? That's what the Constitution covers. 
It covers uh, peaceably assembling and. Oh, that's my phone. I don't know why there. Alright, oh. Yeah, you know what? I will give you a call back in a bit. Thanks. Um, I have to go over there later. So, um, handing out some of the strictest punishments to January 16th. But why? Because we found out that woman is covering up for the fact that she worked for Fusion GPS. She knows um, she knows Bruce Orr. She knows Nellie Orr. She knows Glenn Simpson. Um, she worked on the case. She worked on the Theranos case with Fusion GPS. She worked on the Alpha Bank and the TD Bank case with Fusion GPS or Fusion GPS, doing the bidding of Fusion GPS. I told you that. Um, Every time GPS, and it was really twice, but the two times that GPS, Fusion GPS wanted um, orders, orders of um, documents transferred to the oversight committee, every time they wanted to stop it, the judge was there to stop it. That's, that's, that's Tanya Chutkin. Again, Spygate, written all over her. And it's crazy because Tanya Chutkin, it's crazy because Tanya Chutkin, she... Again, knows Fusion GPS. She knows she knows Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr knows Mary McCord. How they worked in the they worked in the DOJ together. While Bruce Orr was mining the data to use against Donald Trump in the whole Spygate thing, Nellie Orr was taking some of that information, taking it up to people like James Comey and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, putting together a warrant, and she's the one who walked the warrant over to the FISA court. The FISA court, ironically, who was um, who was headed by by one James Boasberg, and dang it, I told you I will call you back to the silence. Um, who was headed by James Boasberg, who is judge number two in the uh, January 16th. James Boasberg signed off on the warrant to spy on Carter Page. It's all there in the show notes. He signed off on the warrant to um, to spy on Carter Page, and then when when that exploded in the face of the special uh, the special counsel investigation commissioned by Nunes, um, when that blew up, he came back and then he said, "Oh well, two of these are invalid, and what we're going to do is we're going to throw Michael uh, Kevin Kleinsmith under the bus because we're going to say that he falsified something, and then we'll just give him the slap on the wrist." So he gives Kevin Kleinsmith. 12 months of um, 12 months of probation for falsifying a document that he signed off on to get a warrant to take away the rights of um, to take away Carter Page's constitutional rights. That's them. And Judge Boesberg, um, so Judge Boesberg was on that FISA court. The FISA court, which was um, reauthorized by Patrick Leahy, who was con who received two campaign contributions, two or three, from Judge Beryl Howell. He also got uh, um, a dissertation from Beryl Howell as he used as the, for the platform for reauthorizing the same FISA that James Boesberg was a part of. And then, not only that, but Beryl Howell is the same one, not only, not only was she working with uh, Patrick Leahy to renew the FISA, but she's also the one who shattered the attorney-client privilege between Donald Trump and his attorney and ordered Donald Trump's attorney 
to testify to a grand jury in violation of any any common sense jurisprudence, American jurisprudence. But it goes even deeper because Judge Beryl Howell, not only not only working with FISA and working with Patrick Leahy, she also worked with Robert Mueller because she is the one who authorized, who signed the final, who made the final decree that Robert Mueller's appointment, even though he was wrecked, and I mean wrecked with conflicts of interest, she's the one who said that, who affirmed that um, Robert Mueller's appointment as a special counsel against Donald Trump was legit, even though it wasn't. I swear you couldn't make this up, like, for real. And here's the fake news media coming in, trying to run interference, saying, well, these judges were randomly selected. Yeah, randomly? I don't think so. This ain't, this has, this again, this has Spygate written all over it. And this, I'm convinced, now, I'm 100% convinced that this, the whole selection of judges, not only is it not by accident, but this is just another step in the cover-up to protect Barack Obama from another, from probably what's going to be the biggest scandals in American history, being Spygate, and then this thing with now with Joe Biden, his vice president, Joe Biden, being a foreign agent and not even registering as such. Like, do you understand how huge that is? So... And then there's a whole paper play thing that I was going to talk about, but I scrapped that for this particular show. But there is document, there is evidence, and it wasn't, there, don't get me wrong, it wasn't huge, like I put out of my, it's not a huge paper play thing. But as president, part of your job, and I really can't say this with any experience that I've never been president, but what I would think, Let's qualify it that way. What I would think that part of your job as president would be to appoint people to the bench who have a track record of judicial fairness, right? It doesn't matter what party they're – well, people will say it does matter what party because Republicans usually put in conservatives and Democrats usually put in liberals. I mean, it's, that, it's been that way for ages, right? But the point of the, but the point of it all was to appoint people who actually have a history of somewhat, even though they're on one side, even though the, um, personally their their personal political convictions lie on one side of the aisle or the other, or sometimes they're they're true centrists. But it's according to their judicial record, right? You don't want to put anybody on a federal bench that has a judicial record full of buffoonery. You just don't you just don't do that, right? This somehow escaped Barack Obama, and this is what I'm going to talk about in a future show. Because the show notes were already together for it. I just had to scrap it for this. This somehow missed Barack Obama, because Barack Obama, if you look at the appointments that Barack Obama has made to the federal bench, and you track those appointments and where they put their money, many of them, many of them, and it wasn't large contributions, so it's not a huge thing, like I said, on Facebook, but it's still a thing. A lot of them had um, contributed to Barack Obama's campaign at one point or another. So he's hiring, he's appointing his donors. They'll make donations, and then he'll appoint them to the bench. So that's coming. But this is why Donald Trump is in the mess that he's in, because 
people that paid Barack Obama to be put on the bench is now presiding over his January 6th trial in Washington, D.C., where he cannot get a fair trial. And the reason why he can't get a fair trial now is not only because the jury isn't tainted, wildly tainted, from all the news leaks that came out of Jack Smith's office, contrary to the law, what the law says, but because we have three judges now that are tied to Spygate and are still trying to protect Barack Obama. They're still trying to keep Barack Obama's name from being tied to, to Spygate because they're trying to protect Barack Obama. See, Barack Obama is, I'm going to end with this, but Barack Obama is the Democrats' quote-unquote golden calf. Barack Obama, if the way the Democrats look at Barack Obama is, and I'm talking about the Democrat elites, not, you know, your normal every, normal run-of-the-mill everyday idiot Democrat. I'm talking about the people up there. The way the people up there see Barack Obama, they see Barack Obama as the person who they can point to to try to debunk everything that we know about the Democrats. We know that the Democrats are, have been the slave masters. We know that the Democrats have put forth um, Jim Crow laws and actually upheld them. We know that Jim that um, Democrats had. Um, we know that they had shouted down every civil rights movement all the way up until um, 1964. And even then, it was because um, attitudes were shifting and the South was becoming more intolerant of Jim Crow policies. And so if and so if President Johnson was going to save his ass and the ass of the Democrats at that time, he had to sign that thing. But even when he signed it, he watered it down with a whole bunch of bullshit. We know he did that. But that was the, that was the Democrats. Um, it was the Democrat that signed in the um, that signed in the anti-crime legislation that sent the most black men to prison. And that was Bill Clinton. Um, even this Democrat in office now has worked with segregationists. He's on record over and over again saying disparaging things about minorities. We know that Woodrow Wilson, who screened the KKK film Birth of a Nation in the White House, he was a Democrat. So you have all these things. Um, what's his name? Jim Jim Crow himself. And I said this in a in a prior um, in a prior show that I did. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. They were hiding, the Democrats used Encyclopedia Britannica to hide the fact that Jim Crow was a real person. There was a real person named Jim Crow. Now, was, his name was, his last name was spelled C-R-O-W-E. But Major James Crow was an actual person, and he was one of the founding members of the Ku Klux Klan, and he was a prominent Democrat. They're trying to hide all of these, and they're pulling down statues to try to hide their history of um, history of Confederacy and slavery and all these things. And what they were, what they're planning on doing, is holding Barack Obama up as some kind of Jesus figure, saying, "This is the great Democrat, and he's never had a scandal, and blah blah blah, and what was just so great under him." However, as you start turning up the stones and looking at the real Barack Obama, you'll find Solyndra, you'll find Uranium One, you'll find Fast. Furious, you'll find Spygate, you'll find the, um, the Tea Party targeting, you'll find um, you'll find Joe Biden's fair debacles, 
all these things happens under, and there's more. And that's I just named off a few of them. There's more, but all of these happen under Barack Obama, who they're trying to, who the Democrat elites and again and the media are conspiring to protect, and it's coming at great at the great personal cost of um of Donald Trump. So that's it. That's what I have to say. Um, I thank you for listening. Uh, I'll come back next week, and again. I'll try to do the I'll try to do the whole pay for play thing, but I pretty much covered it and I pretty much just covered it in my school. But uh we'll hit more news we'll hit more newsworthy articles. And again, the second part of an economics class from somebody who never took an economics class is coming. So be on the be on the listen out for that and I'm gonna it's gonna tear apart like biodynamics and all this other all this other BS that you're trying to say is benevolent but it's not so that's coming down that's coming down the pike um also i think on a re on a day that i'm scheduled to record because right now i'm scheduled for mondays and in two weeks i'll be in las vegas so i'll probably either run uh one of my best one of my not my best socials but i'm going to upload something from my soundcloud um to take to fill that spot or i might just wait till i come back from vegas because i'll only be there for a few days so that when i come back and i do um and i do get back on the radio i'll have something to talk about talk about what happened to me in vegas but uh but yeah but that's it um but again thank you for listening this was this was crazy, and again, the reason why this all came about was because I was putting together the show for the pay-for-play thing. But the more I started looking, because I was going to go into on these federal judges in this in the spy case, I was going to start with them and then expand out to the lower court, lower federal courts in the different states. But as I found different things about these people up in Washington D.C., I'm like to do a whole other. I have to do a whole show just on this. And I'm like, this is, but given what's been going on, this is way too important to leave for another week. So I said, okay, I'll scrap, I'll scrap this and I'll scrap the whole pay for play thing. We're going to roll with this and, you know, we'll just let the chips fall where they may. But again, I'm pretty sure just like I found out, just like just reading through some of the articles that I really didn't read a whole lot of, I just like kind of skimmed through it. I started finding out like other things. So now I got to go in and I got to look at some of these other things and um, find out where they fit into the pie. So I'm going to do that. And I'll probably bring that the second part. So this is probably going to, this is probably going to be a part one of how many parts. I think part two might, pretty sure part two will come next week after I finish digging some more. But um, this is getting interesting. And the whole Theranos thing I did. I did not see the Theranos thing coming, so I'm going to go in and I'm going to figure out where Theranos fits into all of this because I'm pretty sure that um, I'm pretty sure that I think it was Chutkin working for the people who who hired Fusion GPS for Theranos. I'm pretty sure that's that fits in somewhere, but I got to figure out where. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Um, I will see you next week.
better place.